All right, Kelly. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Kelly. And uh, thank you to Jared Taylor for coming in. We are live. And Jared showed up. I showed up. We're here for you on a, at least in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where I broadcast. So everybody has to live somewhere. You know, I don't live in your town. Odds are that you're not listening to me in McKinney, Texas. That's where I live. Uh, you got to live somewhere. But I've lived in Texas almost all my life. I spent six years living out of state, getting a college degree, and then another college degree, both from Ohio State. Yeah, I know. I know. And I don't have a TV in my in my broadcast studio. I know. I know they're playing Michigan. I know both teams are undefeated, and I'm doing the best I can. I'm watching it on Yahoo Sports, and that they, they update it about every four minutes, so... That's all I have. I came. I didn't call in sick. I didn't give you a best of. I'm here live. And so I hope you'll call me. Won't you? Please call me. (laughs) So anyway, it's 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. I grew up in College Station at a time when the Aggies weren't doing very well. And so I'm ambivalent to sports. I love it. Uh, you know, when a team does well, especially basketball, baseball, some of the off sports, uh, the girls' sports, the uh, the sports that get eight spectators or 80,000, that's great, or 105,000 for Aggie Sports Now. They were doing well to get 42,000 when I was a kid. I grew up um, for three years with the Paul Bryant Jr. on my Little League team and, and playing with him occasionally at his house, and th- those were unusual things that I didn't realize what that was going to turn into and then they moved away where'd they go <laughs> where did they go so anyway but uh, I'll, I'll watch the scores of Ohio State and Michigan and, and hope that the Buckeyes do well but they're both good schools they're great schools so anyway if you'd like to talk gardening that's what we'll talk about 888-256-1080 so yeah we're live and uh I'll uh, be doing another program here when I get off the air here, uh, so I'm here for the rest of the day pretty much, 888-256-1080. Won't you call? Won't you call now? Our son does stats for the TCU broadcasts, and uh, they play at 3 today, and I will get off the air in time to go home and watch the tail end of that game. Goodness gracious, I'd love to see Ohio State and TCU play in the national championship. I don't know if that's going likely to happen. There are a couple of pretty tough teams in the way. Um, back to gardening, Neil. Back to gardening. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Call right now. There's a lot to talk about. It's nice to have rain across Texas. Some of the cities that uh, were getting nothing back in the spring have had some pretty good rain. If I'm to trust my weather bug app... Alpine, one of my favorite towns in all of America. It's where I spent my first two years of my life. Mom and Dad were on staff at at, uh, Sol Ross. Um, Alpine has now had 13 or 14 inches of rain this year, and they went half the year with nothing. And so that probably looks pretty nice to them, and Fort Davis as well. So hope uh, hope that's the case. Hope Weatherbug is accurate. Um, Let's... uh, Let's we'll talk about things that can be done at this time of year, but I'd rather talk to you about uh, what's going on with your plants, your landscape, your garden, your questions, and Melody and Sweetwater, for example, 
Uh, we'll talk to you about Sticky Spurge. So glad to do that. Uh, we have uh, three lines left open. Won't you fill one of them, please? 888-256-1080. As we uh, go between Thanksgiving and Christmas, those are the those are the tough times in the talk show business and gardening to fill the lines. I'll move quickly so that I can get to your questions. You won't have to wait too long. Hope you had a good day after Thanksgiving. More importantly, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Let me uh, get to my first break, and then we'll come back and, and plunge right in. Uh, if you are looking for a good Christmas gift for somebody who is on your list, a gardening gift, my book might make exactly that for you. It's Niels Ferry's Lone Star Gardening, now in its sixth printing. That means it's been very successful and very well received. Now, the book is not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. And uh, we've sold 75,000 copies. I always sell them with a, a promise of a full uh, uh Refund if somebody's not happy with the book, and I've not been asked to refund on any book I've sold so far. You know, this is Small Business Saturday, and you often hear me say that I am Small Business America. I self-published this book so I wouldn't have to uh, answer to committees at some publishing house. I'd done that with four previous books, and uh, they all had left me very unfulfilled feeling. And so I decided I want to hire Carolyn Skye as my editor and Cindy Smith as my graphic designer so that the three of us could design and finish this book. And I'm really pleased that I did it that way. It was printed by, and still is being printed, by Clear Visions in San Antonio. Had a nice Thanksgiving note from the printer, the lead printer. And um, uh, that's, that's the kind of relationship I wanted to have. So this is small business. The books are stored in my garage. I sign them. It's a climate-controlled garage. I sign them and, and take them to the post office, it, generally on Tuesdays. This week I took them on, on uh, a couple days late, I guess it was, uh, because of Thanksgiving, and uh, take them in the back loading dock of the post office myself. That is small business. And so if you'd like to do small business Saturday ordering, 344 pages, 840 of my best photos, a hardback printed on high-quality paper, every book goes out signed and with that guarantee of satisfaction. I'd love to have a chance to get one in your hands or in a recipient's. First book is thirty-eight ninety-five, and that is a bargain because it would be 55 or $60 in any bookstore with all of uh, what it has in it. But then beyond that, the second and third books sent to the same address that you could use as gifts are only thirty-three ninety-five, and you save also on the postage when they all come to the same address. You order it one of two ways. From my website, neilsperry.com, you can do that right now, or you can order it by calling my office, business hours, Monday through Friday, and that phone number is 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is to order it at Neil Sperry, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. When people think of Mueller, they think of quality steel buildings, and they think of durable metal roofing, but the name Mueller 
means a lot more than that. It means you're going to have a product that was designed by Mueller, including in-house engineers to help design the building of your dreams. And it means you'll have a company in business for more than 90 years standing behind your warranty. And it means you'll get tons of added value like roofing site visits, forklift delivery, and a Mueller assurance team that's ready to help you along the way. And Mueller is on the cutting edge, designing and manufacturing new products like their greenhouses and standing seam roofing panels. To find out more about Mueller products, go to MuellerInc.com. M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877 877- Two six eight three five five three, or you can stop by one of their thirty-three locations. That's MuellerInc.com because Mueller means more. Mueller means so much more. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much, and uh, let's. Uh, Give the number one more time in my voice, and maybe that will fill up the last two lines. We have two filled, two empty. Uh, 888-256-1080. I'll move as quickly as I can so you won't have to wait very long. I know you're very busy. 888-256-1080. We have Melody in Sweetwater and Trish in Bowie. Melody, this is Neil with you first. How can I help you this morning? Good morning. I have a large problem, Mr. Sperry, with... Spurge weed that has the stickers on it, mm-hmm. and I have three acres, and I spray Roundup and do and do 24D. I've done that before, but it just keeps coming back and keeps coming back. And I would like to know what pre-emergent you would recommend to put down, so you I will, can get it under control for next year, maybe. You'll have better luck getting that from a farm supply store, and I don't deal with those those products. Some of them require an ag license, and I I don't try to keep up on all of that. Um, Generally, the 2,4-D products will work very well on any broadleaf plant. Spurge is certainly a broadleaf plant. Um, And I'm not not familiar with a spurge that gets tall enough to have burrs. The spurges that I uh, generally see in lawns, that's what I work with, are the the little milky spurges and the other things of that sort that that don't have burrs. Their seeds are not, uh, not... not uh, burr-like, but but any non-grassy plant should be controlled if sprayed when before it gets to the seed stage. If sprayed when it's growing actively, with 2,4-D, that's uh, what I watched my dad do f- with his research for Texas A&M for 27 years, and uh, for about eight or nine of those years, I got to help him while I was in middle school and and high school, and uh, so I, I spent a lot of time on a spray wand. Maybe this weed is not um, spurs. A, a guy told me that that's what it was, but the little the seeds that it puts off have two sharp points on them, and they're rounded, look kind of like a horseshoe. Okay, I'm not but, sure. But Maybe my that's point, not spurs. My my point being that if it is a non-grass, two four D will not kill grasses. It will kill any broadleafed plant. And so it doesn't okay. matter if we name the plant properly or not. If we call it an oak tree and it's a an elm tree, it'll still kill it. Is what I'm saying. Okay. You don't have to. You don't have to identify it exactly correctly. You just have to know if it's a grass or not. And this doesn't okay. sound like it's a grass. Does this no, have flowers not. of any kind? No, it doesn't. It has a shiny green leaf. 
it's pretty thick. No, and when that, I dig them up, it has a tuber type root that goes down about six or eight inches. A tuber type root that goes down six or eight inches. Is this a vine? Yes. No, uh-uh. it's just individual weeds, but it spreads like wildfire. And when I use my riding lawnmower, it, of course, it picks up those stickers, and I attributed that to spreading it all over my place. And okay. Because I don't use my just riding lawnmower really in my quick, personal give me yard. Really, hang on. Give me really quick okay. answers to a few questions. I, I okay. want to ask it again. Does this have any kind of flowers that precede the, the, the sticker burrs, the burrs? No flowers, just the sticker. What? Where do they come from? It just comes out of like a little pod, and then it dries, and it's a sticker. All right, and it, where does the pod hurts. originate? It has to come from something. Just there has that, to be it pollination. just goes out on the fort. Well, maybe it is a flower. It doesn't have any color or anything to it. It just comes okay. up from where the leaf is, where the leaf is attached. All right. I, I respect that. Uh, not everything has showy flowers. Um, that's going to be your clue as to whether it's a broadleaf plant or not. Another thing that will give you a clue, not whether a leaf is shiny or, or green or not. Everything has a green leaf pretty much. But uh, something that will give you a pretty good indication of whether it's a broadleaf plant or not will be the vein pattern in the leaf. Grasses have parallel veins. The veins are parallel. If you, if you, if you hold your fingers and press them tightly one to another, side by side by side, like you were laying them flat on the table and pressing them together, that's parallel veins. And if you uh, think of a, um, a, a feather, uh, that's, that's, uh, 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 that's, another type of veination where you have a midrib and then you have the, the other veins coming off to the side and that's uh, broadleaf plants will have that they will not have the the parallel veination uh that that grasses do you think of a corn leaf and and it has parallel veination corn is a grass for example and so if you're if if this weed is a broadleaf plant it will not have parallel veins we've got to get it i'd take a sample in next spring when you see it coming up and up three inches tall go into a farm supply store they'll be best able to help you melody better than i am uh, at this okay point, and have them and it identify doesn't grow it with you know, it doesn't grow with any height it just is low on the ground and spread flat right. out on the ground all right but anyway i will i'll take do you know in, do you know goat heads when you do you know goat heads oh, yes i, yes, okay. I have right. goat heads and that 24d took care of those but it just right. doesn't doesn't eliminate the spurge it keeps right. coming back there, there probably are. There prob. Yeah, hang on. There probably are pre-emergence. I just want to make sure we're getting the right one. The pre-emergence that go after grassy weeds, such as Bayland and Dimension and Team, and there are those that are available in uh, Bayland is is more of an agricultural one that you'd find at farm supply stores, and they have others that would cover bigger areas more affordably. I deal with homeowner things, not so much pasture oh, okay. things, but they will they will be able to help you. Um, is there any remnant of this left out, out there now in the three acres oh, yeah. that you can take in? Take, uh, yes, it, uh-huh. take it in and get it identified now and then have them tell you what month or what week in what month that you should apply the pre-emergent. That's, okay. that's going to be your best help or your county extension office. Those are your two places to get the best help. Okay. All right. Even, well, thank you for even your help. better than the help I gave you, which is a very low bar to, to jump. <laughs> So, anyway, <laughs> okay. I, pre- I appreciate your calling. Thanks. Sorry, I couldn't get it nailed down. Let me go to Trish and Bowie now. Trish, this is Neil. Good morning. How can I help you? 
Good morning, Neil. So enjoy your program. I'm not sure if you've been asked this question before, but um, we did get enough moisture, I thought, to get some beautiful fall color. And a person who is a fanatical fall color fan, what happened to all of our fall color? We still have leaves on our trees, but no color. Not out in my neck of the woods. So do you think it was those 100-degree days that we had during the summer that, that did that? All right, uh, fall. I, I think I can give you a good answer on that one. Number one, fall color is dependent on species. You have to have the right trees to start with. You have Schumard red oaks in your area, and they would certainly be capable of giving you good fall color. And you have some others that will too. Uh, so we do have we do have that potential. Um, number two, you have to have kind of a grand alignment of conditions. You have to have. Um, some rain during the summer and fall to keep things from just scorching and drying up completely. Uh, that was problematic this year. We had a really bad summer, and I did okay. not expect to see much fall color at all. The one tree that is still oh. remaining in, in my hometown of McKinney uh, to, to show its uh, color uh, would be Chinese pistachio. They've been kind of good in some places and, and not as good as some years in others. And my ginkgo trees this year were not very good, and they normally are, are just brilliant yellow, and they were not as brilliant as usual. But the knockout trees right now, in the last two or three days, uh, the red oaks have colored up in the last two or three days during the rain. My wife and I uh, were, were coming to the studio about an hour ago in the mist, um, and I said, oh, my gosh, look at that. It is absolutely as pretty as we've seen in years. Um, and so I think you may be days away. It popped in the last two or three days. And furthermore, I have, uh, you're, you're getting farther and farther west, and the farther west in Texas you go, the, the more of a problem they are because of low humidity. But our Japanese maples have popped in the last three or four days. I have taken probably 25 or 30 photos, even in the rain, of the Japanese maples that, have, that we have blood good, and the fire dragon and several others in our landscape at home uh, mm-hmm. out in the shade. They're totally in the shade. I don't have any sun on any of my uh, 12 or so 15 Japanese maples. And they have just popped in the last three or four days. I think the cold that we had a week or two ago when it went down into the 20s, maybe that was earlier this week, um, I think that's what really made the difference. You have to have at least one uh, temperature down at 32, 30, 28 degrees. I think you've had that in Bowie. So, uh, you know, I think if if we jumped ahead a week, I don't believe you would have made this call. I'll bet you. I'll bet it's yet to come. Yeah, I guess I'm just I'm upset because it it usually happens earlier. Yes. And I even I had my I did notice yesterday my Chinese pistachios begin to uh, brighten up. And I also plant the crepe myrtles that you love just for a lot of them just for the fall color. But they vary I, though. I, this was not a good not, year for usually ours. It's not this late. Yeah. No. Usually ours ours scale of one to ten in, in the of the forty thousand we've planted in McKinney, uh scale of one to ten, we've had years that were a nine. This year was a one or a two. So I, I don't think I this know. is gonna be their okay. year. So that's the heat and the drought. Yeah, so it must have been that that heat we got this summer then, and we didn't get out. that much rain, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it me wore too me out. Watery. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. 
but I think I think the red oaks in your area will uh, will will surprise you in the next few days. And if you have Japanese maples anywhere, any of the the maples, I'm not a big fan of red maples uh, when you get out of East Texas because they really mm-hmm. don't like the the conditions. But Japanese maples tucked up under shade trees are are just beautiful. But anyway, well, I have three of those, so yeah, I'll, I'm looking forward to that. All right, thank you so much, Neil. And again, there. thank you for your. Thank you for your work with Denton State School. Have a blessed Oh, I love holiday. doing that. Thank you. Thank you very much, Trish. Take care. All right. If you're not familiar, I have a, a couple of other uh, radio stations I broadcast on, and uh, for 42 years we've done a major fundraiser for the Denton State Support Living Center, it's called now, and this is a uh, facility for severely and profoundly mentally and physically challenged people. And um, I'll, I'll tell you the story. It's a quick one. Uh, when I was a kid, Mom got her library science master's degree at UNT, and I was invited on, for a camp out with Boy Scouts. I was, we were in College Station. I was up there for the summer, and I, I just was not comfortable going out near that campus. I didn't. We had not been mainstreamed. This is a condemnation story on me, and so please be patient with me. I just wasn't comfortable going out there. And uh, so I, I turned down the chance for that overnight camp out. And about 10 years later, 15, I was working at a radio station and, and had just started. And a big favor had been done for me to get me there by the general manager. And he said, Neil, we have a thing called Christmas is for Kids. It was at that time. And I really need to have you go out to the Denton State School, it was called then, and do some interviews. And a chill went up my spine. And I remembered back. And I said, sure, Carl, I'll do anything you ask. And I was trembling as I drove onto the campus. And my first interview was with a man who is to this day my good friend. And Mike gave me the best hug I've ever had. And he listened to my program. And um, he, uh, he, he did a wonderful interview. I'm not going to get into any of the detail here. It would not be fair to him, but I went to his retirement. He got a job at at the UNT grounds department, and and uh, for 42 years I volunteered. I, I was chair of the uh, of the Christmases for Caring Fund drive, and still help a lot on that. We do a radiothon for a week, and it's it's been just a big success. So I love doing that, and the state doesn't do nearly enough for residents of the state-supported living centers. doesn't do nearly enough. So I was wrong 42 years ago. I think state's wrong. I don't know all the details, but but I'm proud to stand alongside and help. Ed and Corpus Christi, I'll come right to you. Give me a chance to get a break out of the way here. Let me tell you about Neil Sperry's eGardens, my free electronic newsletter. There always are five stories. One's a featured plant of the week. One is a um, uh, gardening this weekend feature. And then I always have the Q&A section. And we have a couple of other stories. A couple of times a month we have outside people do a story for us. And that's that's a fun addition to eGardens. It is free and always will be. You can see what it looks like by going to my website. That's where you sign up for it. I will never 
spam you, nor will I give or sell your email address to anybody. Those are my promises to you. We've done this for 18 years, and we have about 80,000 subscribers. Take a look at it at my website at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Click on that eGardens tab. That website's where you buy my book also, so you can do that while you're there as well. Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. More after these messages. All right, uh, thank you very, very much, and uh, we are ready to go. That's Kelly Robinson. Kelly and I have been friends for 35 years, and maybe longer than that now, probably closer to 40. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. I do want to uh, give the number again. We're running out of phone calls. Need to kind of fill up that uh, uh, inventory a little bit. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. 888 256 1080. This is Ed in Corpus Christi. Ed, good morning. How can I help you? Good morning, Neil. Welcome to sunny Corpus Christi. I've got a question for you concerning my grapes. Yes, sir. I have, yes, sir. I built a nice arbor, very strong, and the grapes have been in the ground for about two years, uh, and they've grown over the top of the arbor. And what I'm wanting to do is, it's rather inconvenient. That's not working at all. But, um, <laughs> I'd like to move them to the fence, and I've got a friend who's moving them to the fence, and if they were standing looking at the grapes, the arm would go left and right all across the lattice work on the fence. But I don't know how deep those grapes are, and the what problems mean? may I find in moving them? Well, um, first of all, you've got to unthread them from your arbor, and you're going to need to cut them back to... If, yeah. I, if I were doing it, if I were doing it, I would prune them back to, uh, oh gosh, four feet tall. I'd start over almost. And, and in doing yeah. that, then you're going to have a root ball. You can cut the, the uh, root ball back to, uh, 24, 28 inches across, uh, 24 inches so that they're manageable. So you can dig them. Probably would be easier to buy new grapevines and start, okay. start with new ones. Because it's just oh. going to be a it's going to be a mess to try to dig them and transplant them, and it will take them as long to start over again as it would to start from new new plants, new healthy, vigorous okay. young plants. Um, How big is the root ball? Is really that large? Well, you need to do that because you. How big are the trunks? Trunks are what? Oh, the the, the inch trunk coming inch out of diameter, the ground. Inch, yeah, inch and oh. in, inch in diameter, inch and. Half in diameter, a, inch and quarter. Yeah, no, it's about. I would say it's probably three quarters, three quarters to an inch max. All right, then you then you need a then you need a root ball that's at least eighteen to twenty inches in diameter. You've, really? you've got to hold the roots together. You can't bare root them after they've been growing for two years. If you okay, bare root okay. them, if if they end up being bare rooted, if you have sandy soil and the soil falls away or anything like that, then you need to prune them back even more than I suggested just because okay. you're going to you're going to lose all of the important feeder roots the little roots that, that bring the water uh, and, and nutrition in they're just beautiful well i know that and i'm wondering what is the problem on the arbor is the arbor just not very big no it's tall the arbor is over my head the ar- arbor is about six feet tall for sure and it goes up eight by eight post all the way around strong strong as jalapeno and you but the grapes won't fall down through the lattice on top, right? 
So so they decided oh. to grow over So you over have to hover time. to harvest. So, yes, so you'd have to hover to harvest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that. It, yeah, in your mind's eye, it was a great idea. I, I've had some plans like that, too. Yes, um, yes. I thought that would be up there, and I could have grapes hanging down there, and I could sit under the arbor and, I don't know, Greek style, and have some grapes. But, no, that's not happening no. in South Texas. And this is black gumbo, actually, that's been, uh, you know, I've, I've put a lot of organic material in it. Right, I understand. Um, I was going to say, if you if you trim the grapevines, you get rid of some of the some of the excess, but I'm not sure that's going to help at all with the situation you have. Um, if you want to try, if you want to try moving them, you could do that, but it's going to be a nightmare to get those, uh, unwound off that arbor. You're going to have to clip them into very short pieces and, and just let the little pieces fall off. And, yes. uh, yeah, I, I think you can figure out what I'm trying to say. Oh um, yeah. I had to do that last year Yeah, and they and, were growing and, up the side of the arbor and they right. got a few grapes there. The birds got to, to, to them too. Well, it's probably better uh, to start with a new vine and or new vines and, and just train them along uh, a fence or along a, a wire and do it the, the standard way. If, if you're really in it for growing the grapes, um, you're, you're not going to want them going all over uh, all kinds of support. You want them on, on, uh, just on the, on the cables. I'm not a, I don't run vineyards, and so I'm, it's not my expertise, but but they are on very simple uh, uh, supports, not on anything as, as complicated as an arbor. So I think I'd, I think I'd start with a new vine and, and either take that one out or trim it way back and try to keep it more manageable and keep it on the okay. sides of the arbor and not let it go up and over. Over, not over. Uh, right. Okay, so, so actually I bought, the, I bought these plants from that company you recommended. Oh, from Womacks. Womacks, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, they're they're oh. fabulous. They're great people, and, and they were just great. They, I mean, they were healthy. They sent me three instead of two, and they oh, just good. were. It was just wonderful. So you, I can still order order some more now to put instead of these. They're just starting to ship. This is perfect timing. Okay. All I gotta right. tell you. Well, I gotta tell you a funny story that kind of is similar to what you uh, wanted with your grapes. Back when I yes. worked for the Extension Service, I was to put on a program for Extension Press Conference in the Rudder Tower at A&M. All the, all the uh, uh, newspapers of Texas were coming in to get all kinds of agricultural stories. And the story I was to tell about, this is back in, in 74 or 5, was to be on the importance of houseplants, foliage plants. They were really a a hot topic at that point. And I worked really hard on my program. It was a very serious program. It was going to be about a three or four minute thing with a news release to hand out and all kinds of stuff. And I, I, I figured out how much the dollar value was to the nursery economy, et cetera. All right. Oh. So that was my program. And I was very dead eye serious about it. I was, I had to follow three guys and I'm going to call them by name. They deserve it. Uh, one of them's gone and he was, he was, he was, they're all wonderful. Uh, yeah. And I think all three of these guys were involved. If not, they were behind the scenes. Tom Longbreak, Dr. Tom Longbreak, Dr. Jerry Parsons, and then the late uh, Dr. Sam Cotner did, did a program on hanging basket carrots. These were a new variety of carrots 
that could be grown in wire-hanging baskets. And this is the equivalent of your, of your arbor with your grapes. Yeah. These would grow in the wire-hanging baskets, and they would grow right out the bottom of the wire-hanging baskets. And you didn't even have to... You didn't even have to pull them out. You could just stand there and eat them right out in the garden. <laughs> really? Oh, craziest really? thing anybody ever heard. And those 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 editors of the newspapers are just writing down the notes, and they picked up that news handout, and they took that. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing anybody ever heard of. Who ever heard of a root growing out in the middle of the air? <laughs> and, <laughs> and the rest of us were just with our mouths wide open at these Wow crazy people we knew them all to be equally crazy they always were doing gags like that and they handed that thing out and i don't think they ever put a disclaimer on it they just went home and laughed and laughed all the way home it was just oh, it was so it much work. it was I mean, yeah it, it, hook line and sinker hook line and sinker and then i had yeah. to follow that <laughs> I had to oh, follow no. that oh no oh no, no. Anyway. Oh. I've well never i really forgotten. appreciate it yeah. The work that you do. Thank you well, so much for you. helping You're us. You're wonderful for calling. Have a, have a great day. Thanks for the call. Take care. All right, I have now successfully boxed myself into a corner. I have two breaks to do in the next six minutes. Let me get one out of the way. This is for my book. It's for the Christmas offer. First book is at regular price, thirty-eight ninety-five. That's a bargain. This book with uh, the very high-quality paper, hardback book printed in Texas, and uh, with uh, 344 pages and 840 photographs, folks, this is a bargain. It will pay for itself within the first six months that you have it. So that part is uh, is a real bargain for you. But it gets even better because the second and third books you buy to give us as Christmas gifts, holiday gifts, are only 33.95. So you really get a deal on that. And that's shipped to the same address at the same time. First one, $38.95. Second and third for $33.95. This is the perfect gift that will be used and remembered for years. I sign every book as it sells. I'd be happy to send this uh, uh, to you right away. There's a limited time offer. In fact, you need to get your order in right away uh, in, in order to get it uh, to you quickly. Uh, I sign these and, and we box them. I take them to the post office myself on Tuesdays. I'll be signing tomorrow evening and uh, I will um, be taking them to the post office uh, tomorrow evening and Monday and I'll be taking them to the post office on Tuesday. So that's uh, that, that makes a, a good gift for you to give. It's uh, 11 chapters that cover every aspect of outdoor uh, gardening, landscaping, lawns, flower, fruit and vegetable gardening, everything for every county in the state of Texas. First book, $38.95, second and third, $33.95, and you'll also save when you have them shipped together. Uh, there are two ways you can order. It's not in stores and not on Amazon. This is Small Business Saturday, and I am Small Business America. They're in my garage now waiting to be signed. One way is to order them directly from my website. The other is to call my office weekdays, 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way is to order right now at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. More after these messages. Thank you, Kelly. I am being asked pretty frequently at this time of year, uh, people are moving into houses, new houses, or 
they have areas that were damaged more commonly right now, not so much moving in new houses, but uh, they have areas that were damaged really badly by the drought or by chinch bugs, and they have bare areas in their lawn. Can they plant any kind of grass at this time? I don't think you can get anything to germinate this late. Uh, you could try annual ryegrass and see if it'll come up. Uh, we're going to have some some uh, plumbing work done that is just required by the county. Um, have to replace some things after 45 years, and and uh, I'm going to have the same issue. And I I know just to uh, put leaves over it to kind of give it a cover until spring, and I'll uh, get some Bermuda at that point. It's not in the main part of our yard, but there just isn't anything that's going to germinate right now. So that's about all you can do is put um, some kind of mulch over or something to get yourself some temporary cover. You could put uh, sod down, Bermuda sod, if you're in the southern half of the state. It's very risky to plant St. Augustine, even in the southern part of the state. Uh, Shades of what happened to us uh, the last uh, couple of winters, so I'd, I'd be careful there. Um, also, if you have uh, elephant ears and bananas, people are wondering, what do I do with those once they freeze to the ground? And there are other plans. It depends on where you are in Texas. Um, I, if, if, except in the panhandle, the colder parts of the panhandle, I just mulch over those and leave them in place and uh, let them come back. Um, I, I think that's your best bet. And uh, farther south you go, the more likely your odds are. Let me get this last break out of the way, and I'll feel more comfortable with my life at that point. I've talked too long a couple of times here. Let me tell you about my website. It's neilsperry.com. That's where you go to buy my book and that uh, that Christmas special that I just mentioned to you. If you missed it, it's there. You can look at it. It's N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. It's also where you go to sign up for my electronic newsletter and a lot of other good information. It's all of that at neilsperry.com. Please take a look. The Christmas special alone on the book is really worth it. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Seems like these days, temporary storage facilities are on every street corner, but let's do a little bit of math. For what you're paying in yearly costs for that storage room, you could own your own metal storage building right there in your own backyard. That happens with a Mueller Backyard Building. Their backyard building kits are easy to assemble with a bolt-together design, and they're priced right. You keep your stuff at home, and you're not throwing away money by leasing storage. Their kits come in a variety of sizes with more than 30 colors from which to choose, adding style to your storage space. And if you need a larger storage solution, Mueller's pre-engineered standard series buildings can accommodate almost any need. Whether it's a smaller place for a lawnmower, a place for cars, boats, or even an RV, you can have peace of mind that a Mueller metal building will protect those treasures at a reasonable price. See all of your options at MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER, 877-268-3553. They're Mueller, they're made in America, and they're made to last. MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. I do not have time to uh, solicit phone calls at this point. We have just about a minute left in the program. I will um, uh, offer you just a couple of uh, suggestions. Um, 
If you have a sprinkler system, put it in manual mode now or get a smart controller installed. I was in one of the really nice neighborhoods of our town, McKinney, last night, the wealthy side of town, not our side. (laughs) And the sprinklers were running. For crying out loud, we've had three inches of rain in the last 36 hours, and the sprinklers were running. This is in a common area, not in a home landscape. Go figure. So put it in the manual mode, and, and you determine. You have to say, hmm, I think I better run the sprinklers. That uh, makes a lot more sense. Or, better yet, get a smart controller that uh, uh, will uh, turn it off when it's going to freeze, turn it off if it's been raining, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but you need to water every couple weeks if you don't get rain because uh, your lawn becomes a fire hazard, if nothing else. And Plus, the, the roots are active during the winter. Uh, so that that could be important. If you have broadleafed weeds, these are things like uh, dandelions and clover, henbit, chickweed, things like that growing actively, you can use a broadleafed weed killer when temperatures are warm this time of year to get rid of them before they get ugly in early spring. That's it for today. I thank you for listening. Jared Taylor, thank you. Until next week, happy gardening.